It's a special edition of Daily Delivery coming to you with Lavelle E. Neal III. I'm Michael Rand. Lavelle, you picked a hell of a day to be the guy who said, yeah, I'll raise my hand. I'll be the guy who wants to write about what happens on trade deadline day because as of recording right now, Lavelle, the Vikings have made two trades already. They got their quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, in a trade with the Cardinals, a guy who's been starting for most of this year for the Cardinals, um, a move that makes sense. And they've already traded Ezra Cleveland to um, to the Jaguars. So what what do you let, we're going to fo- focus mostly on the Dobbs trade, which, you know, you thought coming into the day that something was going to happen. I did. I did. And uh, just reading uh, O'Connell's demeanor and the, st- and the things he said in yesterday's presser just led me in that direction. And plus, if you kind of sit back and, and look at the Viking situation, uh, offensively, they've got everything intact. It's a solid offensive line. They've got pass catchers. Any quarterback coming in that situation is going to be in a good spot. Uh, two, Daniel Hunter cannot be franchised after this year. So trading him was not going to be for – it was going to give you – you were going to get him for, like, diminishing returns. You weren't going to get what he was really worth. So if you can't do that, don't even think about, you know, tanking or going the other way or taking a step back to stay, take a step forward in the draft. You're going to have Daniel for the second half of the season. Your defense is better. Uh, the 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 structure of the offense is sound. So you might as well see what, where this can go. You have five games that you can win. You could be nine and four if things break right. Now, right. I think because you don't have Kirk Cousins operating the offense, maybe you can go three and two, but then you're still at seven and six, and you got to chip a chair and a chance. Yes. So I just believe that. They'd be on the lookout for for a quarterback. Uh, I don't think they want to put John, John Mannion on the on the field in any circumstance. So I'm I just thought they were looking for an upgrade. Now I'm trying to figure out what would be a good fit. I was thinking about uh, a, a connections to O'Connell, uh, our beat writer Ben Gessling. You know, throughout Colt McCoy, which made sense because McCoy backed up Cousins in Washington and knows O'Connell. There are a couple other guys with that type of connection. Um, there was a Jameis Winston rumor going around last night and. I looked at that, and that was partly because he was cheap. He's only counting for like 650000 under the cap, and that has to be taken under consideration too. But this Josh Dobbs thing comes along. Um, he started most of the season for, for the Cardinals. He's had spurts where he's made plays, you know. So there's some talent there, uh, something to work with. And uh, when you have a combination of uh, Mullins and Dobbs and J- Jalen Hall, Jaron Hall, uh, yeah. Hall, yeah, that you know you're just kind of make you're going to make do with what you got here. So, and as O'Connell pointed out yesterday, he's ready to take on his challenge. This is part of the job description because in, in football, people get injured, people get put on injury reserve. Mike, I checked last week. There's already over 200 players on injury reserve. Yeah, in the NFL, so you are in a constant cycle of trying to improvise and overcome. You know, and and eventually it's going to hit you where it hurts the most. And it has got the Vikings at this spot. So he's prepared to try to move on and try to be successful without Kirk Cousins making all the ch- line changes and all the protection right. changes and doing all that. He's going to have to simplify things, slow things down, but he's going to take on a challenge. What I like about it is you didn't have to give up much. Right? You give up a sixth round pick, you get back Dobbs and a conditional seventh round pick. You get the sixth right back in the Ezra Cleveland trade, which we'll talk about more here in a minute. Dobbs is a guy who wasn't really on a lot of teams' radar before. He'd only started two games before the season, but Arizona acquires him right before the season starts, plucks him in and puts him into their starting lineup. He doesn't 
perform well in terms of wins and losses, but that's a bad team, Lavelle. And if you look at some of the advanced stats, some of the deeper numbers, he was like kind of middle of the pack in terms of total QBR. He's like 19th. And where he gets a lot of his positive numbers, Lavelle, is on the running side. In terms of quarterbacks this year, he is in in that QBR metric. He is fourth in expected points added from the run. He's at, he rushed for over 250 yards already this season, like five and a half yards per carry, three touchdown runs already this season. I'm really interested to see how this offense looks and how this offense functions with a dual threat quarterback, which they just haven't had for so long. I, I agree. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to see uh, how far in uh, O'Connell's archives he's going to have to go to find the playbook for a dual threat quarterback and how he implements that. Will we see some uh, more RPO action? Will we see him rolling out, you know, cutting half the field off so it's less for him to try to break down in terms of making decisions on who to throw to? Um, there's some possibilities here uh, to be functional. Once again, you know, once Justin Jefferson gets back, you got Justin Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, and, and KJ Osborne. You know, you're in a good spot when it comes to throwing the ball. They're going to have to run. The run pass thing is going to have to uh, change here. Yes. Um, they're going to try to get as much as they can out of Madison and Cam Akers and Dobbs. And Dobbs is going to be part of that. And maybe that's part of the, maybe that's part of the calculus here, knowing that yep. we're going to have to rely on the run a little bit more. We might as well give ourselves another running threat as well. Well, I just think that's the nature of the NFL these days. And I think that's what's intrigued them about some of these draft prospects that they've taken a long look at, like Anthony Richardson. I mean, they've, as much as they've committed to Kirk Cousins over the years for five and a half seasons, you know, before his injury, financially and otherwise, um, you know, they have you know kicked the tires on on different guys at certain certain points, and I think they are intrigued about a different style of play. Now, if they had their you know if they had their druthers, obviously you don't want Kirk Cousins to get hurt. He was your quarterback for this year. He was having a very good season, but. This does give you a different dimension. I mean, Josh Dobbs already run for 19 first downs this season. Kirk Cousins has run Kirk Cousins has run for six first downs this season. I mean, even if they don't implement any kind of special RPO or anything, he's just a different style of quarterback. Somebody who could scramble more often for a first down, things like that. So I think that dimension, while he's clearly not the passer that Kirk Cousins is, does right. add something to the mix. He's, you know, he's 28, so he's definitely a veteran, but he's not. You know, not some guy you're just calling up off the street who hasn't been playing so far this season. Um, so, you know, in terms of what they could have done, this feels like it's about right, right? Like it, it's a move. He's not making much money this season. They probably count about a million on their cap for the rest of the year. It's not something that's going to hurt them draft capital wise, but it does does give them at least a better chance, another option. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see if he even plays. Like, I don't even know if he's going to play, right? Well, I, I'm guessing Jer- Jared Hall is going to start. This Sunday. Now, after week 10, uh, Nick Mullins comes back. And I, right. I keep hearing through I keep hearing through secondary uh, c- connections here that the players like praise Mullins in practice that yeah. he makes plays that he's smart, gets rid of the ball. He does some things there and he's got some starting experience in San Francisco uh, and Cleveland, I believe. So um, there's something there with him. But you do have this Dobbs factor. And as I pointed out in my column today, I would not be surprised if we have four different starting quarterbacks this year before it's all over, just because of the circumstances. I wouldn't be shocked if Dobbs starts Sunday. If it was like somebody they were just, if they were bringing in somebody cold, like somebody just, you know, say they had called up Carson Wentz or somebody who wasn't even on a roster right now and said, hey, come on in here, 
learn the system, give us another option. Or or Colt McCoy, who they apparently had in for a workout last month, probably around the time Mullins was going on IR. If it was someone like that, I'd say, no way. But Lavelle, I just wrote about this like 10 years ago. They plucked Josh Freeman off of Tampa Bay and put him in the lineup like 12 days later. Like he was clearly not ready for it, but maybe someone like Dobbs. I don't know if if your option is either that or Jaron Hall, who maybe you don't think is ready for a full-time start. And you think that Dobbs, even after learning the playbook for four days, gives you a better chance. I don't know. I don't think it's that far-fetched to think he could even start this game because why else, you know, it, it gives you another option at least. And if you've got Mullins really coming back potentially healthy in a week, it, you know, maybe does that bridge the gap? I don't know. Uh, the Josh Freeman episode should be an example of why you do not throw a quarterback into the fire. Yes, it should be, but he was a different case. And by the way, he threw the ball 53 times that night. I don't think Kevin O'Connell would have Josh Dobbs throw the ball 53 times if he was in this game, but I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. We're going to, you know, I'm sure we'll hear from everybody on on Wednesday during the regular access sessions. We'll probably hear from Quasey. I think we'll hear from Kevin O'Connell for sure. We'll hear from different players in the locker room. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating that they, you know, that they're suddenly in this spot, even if Dobbs doesn't play. Like we've just, right. we've talked for five and a half years about Kirk Cousins being the starter. And now it's going to be, it's, it's something different. It has to be, it's kind of this chaos mode. It is chaos mode. And I, I think it continues. And I just think the game's so nuanced today that, a quarterback coming in, having to learn a new system, having to learn a new terminology. Um, how thick of a playbook do you give him right off the bat? And how much can he handle in the transition? Because we keep hearing about quarterbacks getting used to things, having to get to know their personnel. Let's spend some time during the offseason throwing you guys so I can get a feel for what you do. You know, I, I texted a former Viking yesterday. I said, how long would it take a quarterback to come in off the street and learn an offense? He said months. And it still may not be – uh, he may not have a, a grasp of the offense as well as Kirk Cousins has right now. So uh, I just think it's a hell of a transition. And Dobbs will have, because, you know, Jaron Hawkins starts Sunday, you're going to have Nick Mullins uh, in, in line. Dobbs has two or three weeks to play with this, to, to, to learn the system as fast as he can. You know, it's like, hurry up, but don't rush. That's what yeah. he's going to be, the mode he's going to be in. And, uh, but I expect him to start eventually. Yeah, it's, the thing is, though, O'Connell, even on... O'Connell on Monday had every opportunity to temper expectations for what was going to happen Sunday. He could have said, no matter what happens, Jaron Hall is our starter on Sunday. He wouldn't even say that. Like he, you, you read the tea leaves correctly in that something was going to happen. Like, but I was listening to that on Monday and like, I was like, he's not even, I'm not even sure Hall's going to start Sunday. We'll see. I think you're right in everything you're saying. I'm just saying this is an interesting possibility, especially for someone who started a bunch of games this season, especially since Hall already was seemingly on kind of a limited kind of menu of plays he could choose from anyway. He's not running the same offense Kirk Cousins is because he's a rookie. He's still getting up to speed. Like someone who's got more time in the league, maybe they can get up to see more quickly. Maybe some of this too depends on what they're able to do in kind of a crash course, and maybe they don't decide until Saturday whether, you know, who's ready and who's not. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope, the anticipation, that incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino, let your story begin. Ooh, today is Tuesday, man. So I'm guessing Dobbs, <laughs> Dobbs is just getting the playbook shipped to him as he's yes. traveling. Yes. From Arizona to here. 
So Wednesday will be the first time he gets in a, in a room to talk to his staff and to meet the players. His head's going to be spinning. I don't know. I, I just think Sunday would be a little quick for that turnaround. It'd be impressive if he can pull it off, but I'm guessing it's going to be more than a week for him. It, it absolutely would be quick. It absolutely would not be fair, but you never know. He was a fourth-round pick of the Steelers back in 2017. By the way, Kirk Cousins was yep. a fourth-round pick back in the day. Went to Tennessee. I don't. I just didn't know much about him really until he got traded to Arizona earlier this season. But looks like he's got good size, six three, two sixteen. I mean, you know, guy who's got some mobility to him. It, it's it's an interesting fit. It gives him at least another dimension, another another thing to look at, another thing to think about if they want, you know, depending on how they want to use him. Well, yeah, and the thing if KLC wants him, that says a lot to me because I think highly of KLC's offensive acumen. And if he sees something there, then I. I got to believe that KLC knows what he's going to do and how he's going to get Dobbs to contribute to the squad. So um, it's crazy. You know, Mark Craig's story today about finally we have quarterback controversy. We haven't had, we've been, we've avoided that for the last several years because of uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, but now we have it because, uh, because of this unfortunate injury. I just want to point out too, I've never been a Cousins detractor. I've always said he's had a great army and can make plays. I thought, the you even saw him go to another level working with Kevin O'Connell, and um, this year he was at the height of his power. So all this, all this, uh, all this criticism about Kirk Cousins and um, getting empty stats late in games, I wasn't buying it. I, I saw talent there, and this year it was coming all together. I think it's too bad for the Vikings that this has happened to them. I think it's definitely too bad for the Vikings this is happening, although I, I'm a notch below you in my in my praise of Kirk Cousins. Let's <laughs> let's talk let's talk before we go, let's talk really quick about the Ezra Cleveland trade. Like all, all of a sudden here's a guy who was a starter for most of the year, goes on you know, goes on the injured list with the with a foot injury. Dalton Reisner comes in and plays pretty well in his stead. A guy who is whose contract is up at the end of the year and from everything we'd heard, maybe had fallen out of favor a little bit with some of the coaches here. All of a sudden, he's just he's traded out. They recoup that pick, but now that you know, there's not a whole lot of depth there at guard, I guess anymore. No, it's not. But you know, the little bit I saw Risner was very intriguing because he plays with anger. Uh, he play he plays with violence, and I that that was the one thing that jumped out to me about uh, his his style of play. And maybe that's something that the Vikings like uh, like out of him. That's a little bit more than what they got from Ezra. So I'm surprised they only got a six round back for Ezra. I thought he. He would fetch something a little bit better than that. But teams are holding these draft picks so close to their hearts these days, except the Bears, who just traded <laughs> a second for Montez Sweat. But uh, Hey, your the, Bears are probably going to have the top two picks in the whole draft. What are you complaining about? I know. they had, And if they trade Jalen Johnson, which I'm worried they may do, uh, they could probably get a second-round pick in back and re- to, to replace it the second they just drafted. But there was no pass rush. Montez no. Sweat help, helps the Bears in the long run. Um, but let's not talk about Bears football right now. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, let's just finish this off. Just some final thoughts on on the deal and, and the trade. And, and you're right. I mean, the thing that the thing the Vikings couldn't do was mortgage the future and like go all in on this season. That's not this kind of team. What this move is is it gives them a better chance to still be competitive this season to see if to see a if they can make the playoffs with a reshuffled deck at quarterback and b maybe get a look at a different style of quarterback for for maybe the future Dobbs might give them a look at hey what if we do have a more mobile quarterback at some point in the future how does that fit the offense plus you know you, you, you've got a little bit of wiggle room now for next year if you need a year to let it ferment before you can really find or draft a quarterback in the future um just because 
you may not be in a position. If you if the Vikings end up winning the 10 games this year, uh, they're going to be drafted middle of the road or second yeah. half of the first round and may not be in a position to get one of the top quarterbacks. Um, although Keith Parenthal is supposed to be a pretty good draft for quarterbacks. It is. But after the top two, there still have to be uh, uh, some decent guys. But maybe this buys us some time, too, to – be a little more measured in their approach. And the key to all this too is how number 18 feels about yeah. it. You know, yeah. because you know, he had a love affair with Kirk. And I think he wanted to see what the Vikings are going to do with Kirk before um, you know he would decide on signing a long-term deal. I think that was probably one component. I'm sure there's many components to his train of thought, but I thought that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, now that Kirk's time in the with the Vikings may be at an end here, unless we think he's going to pull Aaron Rodgers, go sit in the dark room. Uh, drink some ayahuasca and all of a sudden come back in eight months ready to play. I don't think maybe so. Give it one more year. No, well, that's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, uh, JJ's got to, JJ's got to buy in some Josh Dobbs and that's going to be interesting to watch. Fascinating day. Lavelle, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me.